wonder what I'm going to say on my intros. I want to exit from this despair. I want to also give a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last. Because with the reversal of role, they're not going to stop there. If you have something meaningful to say that is going to shed light and bring happiness to the world, you better do it before the conservatives decide. And that's how I want to begin my day every day, creating something new, interesting, and that's educating and expand the world instead of bringing darkness. I, for the past several episodes, and it seems like they've been well received, um, in reference to dating and relationships in general. Um, And what I've found is I do a lot of self-reflection or I get to do a lot of self-reflection. I realize that a lot of what I have been reading on Reddit and just in uh, magazines and news in general Um, Even the course I recently had to take at work, I thought was intuitive. But I honestly don't think relationships and peer are intuitive, meaning um, I think it's intuitive enough because I have a little bit more of an emotional IQ that I can take a test cold without sitting through a class to basically understand how they want us to answer and what is positive um, and what makes a healthy peer relationship or a healthy relationship. But a lot of people um, are not. And it doesn't mean that just because I can get the answer right on the test doesn't mean I'm as that successful in relationship or even maintaining relationships. I still am a bit of a loner. I still do things by myself and I don't mind. I'm starting to get back into my explorer mode where I don't have to have a sidekick or road dog. I still have to try to figure out how I could go to all of these places and take my dog Ethel with me. I haven't figured that out yet. But I think it's important for me just to get out. And I like planning the trips. I like um, just being. But if I were to be in a relationship, I would think that I could take um, positive and negative things from my past and make it work. Also, if I were in a relationship, I have to think about a lot of these things. I'm going back to other people's kids. Um, Although um, online dating uh, is a must, um, I'm finding, and I did it when it was in its earlier stage, but I think of it as 
increasing the disposability of relationships and makes people and it's led to some good relationships, but also has lent itself to the disposability of relationships. Um, There's a single woman advice in dating over 40 that just posted a couple of days ago on Reddit and it reads for I'm 42 years old and I've started dating again after being married for 18 years. I feel how old was she when she got married? She was 24. She was young. I feel like I'm out of my game and confused on how to put myself out there. I would like to date, but without serious commitments. In other words, I don't want to marry again, but would love a companion. I'm not interested in sleeping around. I have a four-year-old daughter, which initially I thought of not disclosing that information because I don't plan on introducing her to any dates in the near future. However, after reading a lot in here about how it is important to lay out the cards, I changed my mind. On top of that, this is an important information because she's my priority and I don't have a lot of free time. However, how do you disclose this on your profile without men thinking I'm looking for another father figure to my daughter? Nowadays, my profile says I have a child which doesn't need a new father, but definitely a happy mother. But she says, I don't personally like how it's written. I state that I evenly co-parent. This is triple the hamster. With no drama, a middle schooler says all I need to say without compromising identity and more because evidently somebody looked up a kid or the mother through the kid through the school, which I think is absolutely creepy in these days. But one of the people wrote in, it. she says this, this is the inverterate tramp. I keep parenting life and dating life separate. That's what her profile says. That makes it clear enough that I don't want expect anyone to be involved with my children and that they are my priority. I don't feel it's inappropriate to state outright on your profile how many kids I have. Oh, I don't feel it's appropriate to see how many kids I have, how old they are or how often they are with me. These are personal details that can be divulged as necessary if the relationship progresses. And Saving Star, who wrote the original, says, I like that. It's directed, not offensive. So that means that's. um. And I also like the one I effectively co-parent. But I think I, a lot of people don't know really what that means, and I'm not really sure. That That's the nice way to say I have a baby daddy now. I'm not looking for another one. Um. But always be wary, I would think. You, y'all remember um, with Natalie Portman? Uh, she did a show where the guy uh, came after her friend who has like five kids um, and only to attack her and to molest the kids. That's what, if you got someone that And the first things out of their mouth is, I would like to meet your kids and blah, 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 blah. Um, I would just think that would be creepy. And there are so many creeps and so and so many predators out there for children that if they just are so laser focused on your children, it could be a, a major that could be to me would be a major red flag. Also, 
uh, as a pediatrician um, and taking care of kids that have been abused by significant others. And I've been watching my court shows and this guy killed um, this lady's four year old child. Nah, it's you're going to need to wait. You probably won't meet my kid. If I had kids, you probably wouldn't meet them until we were actually uh, going to walk down the aisle or something. Not everybody can should be can be and should be around your kids. And also, if they have a live parent, it would make it more complicated because they're going to have to prove of you, too. Um, these are just a few things that I think of uh, when. Especially you have to be considerate of, especially in today's time, um, there are very few people that have never the never had or never was. I never was married and I've never had any kids. Um, but I can empathize and sympathize uh, the red flags and what those things are um, and and being cognizant that. If you are going to date somebody at my age, these are the things that you would have to think about. And also, even what happens when the relationship ends, take it into consideration, especially if it ended and you don't really know why it ended, um, evidently. Um, and kids and dogs and all of those things aside, uh, how is it and not be poisoned in subsequent relationship? Because this is another one um, that I read that I found fascinating. The idea that the relationships can't end abruptly without us wanting it to. So I know and have experienced a long term relationship that ended abruptly and without me seeing any sign of it. I did some counseling and self-reflection, and I know that I will survive if it happens again. But every so often it pops into my mind. Does anyone have any suggestions on what to do in those moments? I'm currently in a healthy relationship, but knowing that he ended his marriage and his only relationship after marriage makes me go. Hmm. I'm trying to live in the present and focus on loving and exploring this relationship. And 99 percent of the time I can. Stabler writer writes, which I did an upvote. Every relationship ends and there is no escape from that. Even a perfect idea relationship will end when one of you dies and regardless of cause, it will hurt. So the only question is, how can you make that inevitable pain worth it? So at those moments you're mentioning, I would say to uh, say to ask yourself, what can I do right now so that when this relationship is over, that I will have no regrets and then actually do whatever you come up with? Good plan. Thanks. I don't think you can make the pain worth it, but you can make the time spent together the reward itself. Very true. Love this. And I keep going back to the fact that. A lot of these people are asking really strangers advice um, when they probably should keep it follow up with their therapist or their life partner. I find it fascinating that people will go to perfect strangers just because a bunch of people follow a community or a platform doesn't mean that You 
you maybe not shouldn't trust what they actually say, especially if it doesn't make sense. I would also reconfirm with credible trained sources. There are a lot of life coaches and uh, counselors that can actually help you sort out these things. These platforms or forums are are an interesting place to start if you want a lot of varied and sometimes weird opinions. But to work through the really hard issues, you really need a life coach or a counselor for that a really trained professional that this is what they get paid to do. And they're evidently good at it because they have clients. Um, but I would not work out your issues and mental health, especially mental health issues and relationship issues just in these forums. And I'm, and that, that, I guess that's my disclaimer at the end of this. I find really good, uh, write ins, um, to talk about, Um, But I'm not going to utilize this. Don't take what I say or anything that is in the Reddit forum as the uh, God, God, gospel truth. You need to work through some of these issues definitely with a life coach or with a, a, a trained psychiatrist or psychologist. Just saying. Why should we be concerned about yay? I know there are a lot of people, including me, that are tired of talking about this guy. Um. But first, there are several points um, in the saga that is the downfall or the unraveling of Kanye West. First, mental illness is no excuse for all of the anti-black and anti-Semitic rants that he's been pulling for the last several years. We could have canceled him years ago, but we don't own shit or don't own a significant amount of shit in the stuff that he had all of these lucrative brand deals with. But slavery as a choice, going out against uh, George Floyd, talking crazy, all of that cannot be excused away by um, his mental illness. And it doesn't allow him to threaten or give these threatening anti-Semitic remarks. I believe what Charlemagne the God has said, even though people started dragging him for it, he's clearly not in his right mind. And he is in such a crisis. He's acting like someone. And this is what Charlemagne said, quote unquote, He's acting like someone that is not long for this world. And I think he's right. He has all of the actual manifestation of a manic episode, the pressure speech, the flight of ideas, the paranoia, the megalomania. All of those things are of what he is in crisis mode. But he is an adult. Um, he had a lot of money. 400 million still is a lot of money, in my opinion. But this is what happens when you are having a crisis. 
we just I just wanted him to take his meds. It was obvious that his mother was a little bit able to keep him on his meds and the proper amount of meds. But everybody that's in his circle doesn't seem to have his best interest or have not been able to convince him that he actually needs to be on these because he thinks he's invincible and he is right. He renamed himself God. He thinks he is God. And why does God need to be on Abilify? You know what I mean? Or Haldol. But we're watching 20 years of a whole institution just blow up in front of our eyes. And to me, that's sad. I hate waste and I hate multi-billion dollar waste. I hate he did have some, but he was a genius. He basically finessed Adidas and Balenciaga into investing in him for, at the tone of over two point six billion dollars where and, and to buy them ugly ass shoes. And anywhere he could go in the world and he would have draws, designer underwear waiting for him. That's genius to me. They came up off the cast just by the cachet of being associated with the evil genius that he was. And now we're supposed to sympathize with him. But what do you have to do when nobody when he is so in a state of crisis that he doesn't want anybody's help. He's pushing people away. But is he going to have some main grand stage that because he doesn't think he's invincible and nobody's understandable, so he may have to check out? That's where it seems like he's going. The reason why I think we need to pay attention to this is because people will will sit by and watch you blow up because it's your right to blow your life up as a free thinking, although clearly mentally ill person, because you are an adult in a free society. If he was anywhere in the world, they would have locked his ass up until he got right. They do that all the time. And when you in court, if you get deemed incompetent to stand trial, they can lock you up like in Florida. I saw this on one of my court shows. (coughs) They will lock you up until you are sane and then you they're going to still put you on trial after you have been declared sane it it's kind of hard to get de- declared insane but once you are declared insane they're going to give you a chance to get sane and then they're going to still and then you're still going to stand trial however he's there's he is such it is he is in such a state right now We are watching in real time what it means to have poorly treated mental illness. What does it mean for the rest of us? I know this is a little bit selfish, but we're seeing the stigmatization further of people with mental illness. But he is only a cautionary tale in when mental illness is not properly treated. And there are some really good medications out there. Pill version. If you don't like take pills, there's shots or depot version that are long acting that can keep you stable. Also, ask uh, Mike, um, excuse me, Bobby Brown, because it looks like he when he went recently on tour with New Edition, he actually has done the work. Um, after years of drug abuse wasn't helpful, he basically had to come back to get um, treatment. I think that 
was because he had for years he had poorly treated bipolar disorder. If Kanye, if we could get him on a regimen that is easy to do and that would not take away his creativity, I think. And he went wild out. That's why I think he actually has some type of also a comorbid personality disorder because um, he also could have these things that make it very difficult to treat um, the mania. Um, and is this a manifestation of multiple different diagnoses? But he doesn't believe in traditional medicine. Um, he doesn't trust anybody. The only person that he could have trust, she has passed away decades ago. So over a decade ago. So it would be hard for someone to get next to him to explain all of them and to convince him in his godlike complex mania now that actually he does need the help and a part of that would be mental illness but that it's a two-prong having the access um to someone that he can trust i don't think there are enough black male um psychotherapists that are in the game right now that would actually be beneficial to him there's a doctor that i saw on love and hip-hop um but i don't know if he's a psychiatrist or he could write a script I don't think he has the temperament or the patience to actually try a combination of things. I think he would meet the criteria to for inpatient psychiatric care and modification. No, I don't think ECT is going to be the right thing for him, but I think it's going to be multimodal and it may take several different adjustments of his medication because he's been manic and on this rage rant and mania for so many years, it's going to be hard to get him back to baseline. I think there's so many chemical imbalances that actually have to be rectified that I wish he can get the help that he can. I wish that it wouldn't, there would not be such a bad stigma or such a stigma around mental health and getting the care. But the way, if he would just access the system I bet he he has donned an academy. Why can't he have a retreat for people like with mental health issues like themselves that are nonviolent, that just need a place to go where they can get the medical and psychiatric, intensive psychiatric attention that they actually need? This is what he should be allowed to do and not be allowed to go on these psychotic rants. Um, on social media and do the rounds and rampages and rants um, on uh, national TV, etc. There's no place for that. I don't need to hear anything he has to say until he becomes stabilized in his mental health. And that's all I got to say about that. I am perplexed and bamboozled how this show has gotten followers highlighted at BravoCon and really is like watching paint dry. I watch a lot of trash reality TV and you it is arguably that any of the Real Housewives series is trashy. Um, some trashier than others. Um, I don't watch Atlanta as much because 
you know, they don't fight as much on that show. I don't really watch. I watch Potomac. I just started watching Potomac in the recent uh, weeks. Um, And I really thought that series is really like watching paint dry, even with Giselle and all of them and Robin and Karen and all of them being shady as all get out. None of them hoes live in Potomac and they, except for the exception of Karen Huger, none of them are balling like that. Some And most of them are divorced they, and none of them are housewives. Who does that? But I'm watching, I just got finished watching this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and it really is like watching the paint dry. I can't get into Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, even though Giselle, what's her name? Garcelle Bouvet is part of that. I just can't do it, girl. I can watch um, Salt Lake because uh, one of the shop, one of the housewives is basically being indicted. Jen Shaw is facing decades in the joint on federal charges that she tried to bamboozle a whole, she basically bamboozled a whole bunch of people out of their Skrilla. Yeah, I watch way too much P-Valley. Also, again, trash TV watching. And she got caught, her and her partner. I think he ratted her out. And now she is getting ready to go to trial because she says she ain't do nothing. I don't know if her husband is still a coach at an elite um, school anymore, but I have, but I don't, and I don't know if her main source of income is Andy and them from the Real Housewife and Bravo. Um, I feel, I would feel bad for her if I actually knew her, but all of them are so flim flam that I can't get with it or get with any of them at all I just it it, to me it just seems so the whole show itself is very superficial um and even though it's kind of reality tv it I think it just only scratches the surface of what is really going on with these people um this part of the episode is not all that long because it's I don't have that much to talk about they all are like watching paint dry i'm not even gonna re-watch this week's episode of real wise of potomac because it was so freaking boring i am re-watching love and hip-hop hollywood the beginning where a1 and safari is so young and ray hasn't even married princess yet and this is more interesting than any of the Real Housewife series. I'm also watching the Shaws of Sunset. And that is not ran. I think it's, is it on Bravo? But this is Ryan Seacrest show. Another white boy capitalizing on cultural appropriation about a bunch of vapid Persian people running around throwing shade, 
drinking too much, eating too much, and getting plastic surgery. And it, it, it's just crazy. I only like Asa because she has great caftans. But in this show, I think it's still on, but I'm just starting to binge watch like the earlier years. And then I know why I never watched it when it came on nine years ago because it was stupid. And yeah, I think it is on Bravo, but I was watching something on Where Are They Now? And that's when I discovered or they introduced me to Asa and she is a true Persian that her parents escaped Iran at the height of the revolution. Her father was actually an admiral in the Shah's Navy and he basically threw up the peace sign and bounced. Basically he deserted and it his family has been destitute for a number of years after that. I I, I speak about that uh, with respect because it took a lot for him to actually leave. He basically was like a rat jumping off that ship. He was like, I got to go, but he left with nothing. Um, his mother, her mother actually works as, I think she says a home visiting nurse for a number of years, making very little money in California. And it was because of her, Asa, the girl's hard work, even though she went to Beverly Hills High and she went to school with some of these kids, her upbringing and background is completely different from all of the other Persians on this show. Um, I did not know at this time or at that time, uh, L.A. County or L.A. proper had the largest population of Persians basically outside of Iran. And they basically ran up out of Iran when the regime took over. And I wonder what they think about the political turmoil that's going on right now in Iran. Um, I think every last one of them, and I didn't know there were so many Persian Jews. That was wild to me. But I think every last one of them, including that Lily girl from Houston, would all be would have all suffered the same fate as that young woman that has sparked the unrest um, in Iran because they are so controversy and so out there from and Reza. Oh, my God. He would he would have already been dead. For real, for real. So I find it. I'm wondering if they've any of them have spoken on the political unrest that's going on now or or are they so removed from it? They have not. Maybe I'll actually as an addition to this part of the podcast, I will add that as what have I found about what they think about what's going on in their uh, fatherland or motherland. It's that is fascinating to me. Um because they also seem to be so superficial and vapid. I wonder if they would have that same connection um, to Iran or what have their parents done um, to support it. 
And what are their thoughts and what are the next steps? I don't I'm I the only thing I agree with my former boss uh, with is if you don't come to me with problems, if you don't have any solutions or one or two solutions already think uh, thought up. I always thought that he said that because he was a dumbass and he was lazy. But I actually have taken that to heart and I. That is has been a guiding principle to me, not out of laziness or stupidity It's because I'm not going to dwell on a problem that I don't know or I don't have any idea about how I can solve that problem. I think that most people will do best to basically take that on, not out of laziness or you want somebody else to do the hard lifting or the hard work, but that you actually want. Um, to be a part of the solution and not just keep harping on problems. So I'm wondering if anyone in that Shaw crew actually has uh, something to actually offer. And it would actually make reality TV worth watching. And now that I know that this segment is being recorded and hadn't been erased like what I thought it was when I tried to record this on my other phone, I'm actually excited about people that are finding out this information for myself. What do the Shaws of Sunset think about the political unrest and what are they doing um, to help the people over their protests or are they a safe haven for their country, former countrymen to get the ham sandwich out? I just... Oh, and I also like just watching the YouTube um, the stars talking about other stars um, I'll have the clips um, in the extended podcast notes um, but it's kind of funny their take on a lot of the situation and Carly Red is just messy y'all um, she is one of the she actually has been on the show um, basically since the beginning, um, Mimi made an entrance and she actually still looks good. And I'm watching now, rewatching Love and Hip Hop Hollywood and how the star, one of the stars on the show, Safari, he has a type. He went from Nicki Minaj um, to Nicki Baby um, and then... He went to Erica Mena. He's like a serial monogamous, but he's really bad at it. And then he went to this other chick um, that is looks exactly like a younger, more plastic version of Mickey, uh, Erica Mena. He this week on social media has been a lot or a lot of different things. Um, it. I don't think everybody is doing the most, but I am seeing um, so many great things um, that are coming out. I'm going to post this update on uh, the Black Panther. I'm going to have to start Black Panther. Um, They are doing the promos. Uh, because Wakanda Forever uh, releases um, 
this week. Um, I'm watching Remy Ma. Wow, she is so thin now. She has a big old head, but she looks great in this dress. Um, I am watching or looking at Demetria L. Lucas, her, uh, where is this? Um, she's, uh, in Nairobi. She's in Kenya still. Um, she makes me. Um, she actually makes black sit and her exit to the motherland look good. She's just bouncing from country to country, going on safari, listening to the hyenas laugh, not getting eaten by an elephant. It's great, girl. I'm looking at Jay Alphonse. He it's like Little Murder on tour as Jay Alphonse. I think it's so hysterically funny. Um, I am also I actually have a lot of things um, saved and I'm trying to get to it right quick um, let's see save QR here we go saved I Totally dug um, as far as the Halloween was this past Monday. I know it's like time is like flying by. I'm just sitting chilling with my dog. Um, and it is kind of funny. Um, she basically has been sitting. She's been literally my road dog for the, the last couple of weeks. Um, I... I'm having an issue with loading up the post that I've actually saved on social media because I'm on that phone. Um, but a couple of the things that I was completely interested in is Chloe Bailey singing the national anthem. It was more of a Whitney Houston moment. I'm so into trash TV that I looked up the... Asa, who I didn't know has been dating, is in a long-term re- relationship with Jermaine Jackson Jr. Um, Yandy's product is out um, as an homage to that whole um, loving hip-hop brand, New York and now Atlanta. I am going to Rashida, excuse me. I was going to go to Frost. I don't know if I'm going to have time to make it, but I'm definitely going down there um, to having a uh, a reservation at Blaze for like at two o'clock. If I get there at one, I plan on uh, recharging my car and then parking it over there because it's only a couple of miles uh, from the restaurant, picking up something to go from Yandy's restaurant and then hitting the road. I wonder if the restaurants are in close proximity, but who knows? I'm just excited about the opportunity of spotting some people from the franchise or just in general, but I don't know um, uh, who actually eats there. It's a steak um, and seafood joint. 
um, and getting to me and the rest of my uh, Ratchet TV watching and listening to, oh, Ratchet TV list uh, podcast. I this is the read as well as a number of other uh, black hosted host um, in the podosphere uh, is one of my probably one of my most favorite podcasts. Um, and it was Trilloween um, and Kid Fury showed up uh, in Atlanta and in L.A. looking absolutely fabulous. I had no idea that brother had body, yadi yadi. And he's saying, oh, he's too fat and he was avoiding snacks. But he basically his uh, Halloween costume with his ass out was nice. He has he gives twink vibes, even though he may not believe it. But y'all should check out um, the feed. I'm actually going to post it um, if it's still up on from Instagram. Um, his outfits were everything. And a lot of the other uh, celebrities seemed like they went out as far as Chloe Bailey, as far or Halle Bailey. Can't remember which one. Um, Puff did the Joker. Um, I need to see the uh, Niecy Nash and her wife. Um, they just seem to be, she seems to be in such a good place. Um, and they seem to be very all, they really, 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 really love each other, like each other. And I dig it. Anybody that you can be with that makes you glow up like that, you're all right with me. I also, um, what else I was I was going to talk about? Oh, as in my homage, um, what I was getting ready to say, my homage to the whole Love and Hip Hop franchise. I find it very interesting when you hear about news about off screen shenanigans of these reality stars. Um, And this week it was I'm presenting a little different. Um, It is basically um, Shekinah and Spice um, and Amara Del Negro. I'm talking about some of the travails um, that are happening to some of the characters on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Um, Miami wrapped a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have I saw something about the relationship and who was talking about the relationship between um, Sukiana and Wild Bill. They just seem to be so toxic together um, and definitely went apart. How they gonna post up and her family members flim flamming her and they were going to fight each other. And she's getting all of this um, plastic surgery over a comment that he, she said she had a square butt. Um, I hope, I think she's recovered from it. Who I'm worried about is I keep getting these mixed reports uh, from Spice. Um, she's had cosmetic surgery, but it can't be, confirmed or denied if she's actually had some complications from it. She went to the DR to have the surgery. Um, I heard that she spoke up or her 
uh, rep spoke on her behalf on social media that she was alive and well. But then I heard saw something on YouTube about her being in a coma until we get regular confirmation from a respectable news outlet. I'm not going to comment on that um, because that's not what I do. But I wish her the best and the return to health. Um, I thought they are doing the most by prolonging the cover. She actually had a lot of screen time on this last uh, season of Love and Hip Hop. Um, we all know that she was nominated for a Grammy for Dance Hall, um, but it went to some white boys in Charlottesville because that was the controversy. But that's how the Grammys and a lot of those awards go. Uh, the people that authenticated or that started the genre don't get any representation with mainstream um, award shows. Um, unfortunately, that's how it goes. But she felt great um, just being nominated. How she had been hustling and turmoiling for a decade and finally just getting the nomination or the recommend, recommendation goes a long way in her career. But it would have been great if she or um, Shaggy or somebody that actually was authentic dance hall actually got the award. But what do I know, right? So I have already recorded this and y'all know I don't like doing anything twice, but I need to get over that because sometimes I think this is going to be even better the second time around but anyways i went on my day trip to atlanta specifically to support black businesses but as i was looking around i started noticing a lot of things the first thing i noticed was it i went in my electric car and I just want to let VW know y'all need to put me on a payroll because I am someone that really can give you advertisement. I would prefer if it was the lyric, which is the Cadillac, because it's just really sexy, but that's just me. But as far as electric cars go, you can get down there with no problem on one charge. And there are so many other charge points easily and Electrify America charging stations for rapid charges that that are all around Atlanta. And I think there's room for a lot more. However, I did notice one of the things, ChargePoint jacked up the rate um, of how much they charge as far as per hour, like um, at like right after I finished charging it, which is crazy to me. But that's neither here nor there. The other thing is, it is really difficult having limited charge never go into traffic in Atlanta with a limited charge. I'm glad I did stop and get charged up because I spent more time in my car, which does have massage seats. That's the other thing, which I thought was crazy. But I did find the charge place. Um, 
and did have um charge the my um uh my um it was really easy to get it charged so but then i started looking around and i noticed that i visited blaze and i am also going to have to delete that big pause out because i got distracted but both of the places one i was surprised that blaze actually anchors a strip mall and you have to basically drive through um kind of um a neighborhood that's seen better days and then i did not realize that the dancing um crepe is right in the underground i hadn't been to the underground in almost two decades because I always tried to turn in. I'm like, oh, I can't turn it in. And I looked up. Oh, it's underground. But again, you have to drive through a little bit of sketch to get there. And that's when I realized several things that something has happened to the retail or industry within Atlanta proper because the streets are just lined and I did not notice or see this in the couple of decades since I have been had been out of Atlanta. A lot of homeless uh, is starting to look like the tent city that basically lines downtown L.A. That's what it looked like to me. These people are destitute and we have lost a big swath of the population. They got kicked out of the hood because with urban renewal, all of these people were pushed out but they had nowhere to go. So they end up on the streets and they, these people are lining the streets, empty storefronts. And it's people like Yandy and Blake and Yandy and um, Candy Burris that they're still invested in their community. But it's, it's really hard because I was concerned about the my car and the windows getting bust out. I've never seen the most aggressive panhandlers outside of D.C. before yesterday because they reminded me of D.C. Um, in the early 80s, early mid 80s. Um, and they used to wash your windows and stuff like that. These people just have a sign and will walk head on into you and stand and try to make you have eye contact with them. It is just like it is so crazy. But then I start thinking about we celebrate the Keisha Knight um, box. Bottoms, uh, former mayor of Atlanta, um, the Stacys running for governor and Reverend Warnock. And I'm just like, but what is really being done on the ground to get these and build up the majority, the this lost population of the unhoused, the social programs that help them Sometimes can you help? Mm-mm. Sometimes you can't build up air, bring up everybody if they don't want to go. But there are a lot of people that want to be supported and be brought up and be built up. And once you allow them to get on their feet, they're going to soar. And I 
I can almost guarantee I don't have, I'm not such a cynic in humanity to think that that can't happen, that there are more of those people than not. I won't be, I won't spout that racist, uh, white supremacy bullshit. The poor will always be amongst us, but there are a lot more people that are striving, that need help sometimes, and when they get on their feet, they stay on their feet. But you always, but you still should help people because you never know. However, I say all of that to say it has to be more than me just supporting two black-owned businesses. Uh, what can we do as a society? Uh, what is the ACLU doing? What is truly government doing? Instead of just giving it lip service, what actions are take have taken place? If we're going to, if you're going to be voted in, you're going to have to do the work. And what is the government doing on? on the grassroots level to improve the condition of the majority of the society of their population or you're just going to ignore them because you say they're not us and they're nothing but a whole bunch of black folks and we're not going to help yeah that has that perception has to change that's why i think georgia they have like it's like tennessee they have like a couple pockets of blue atlanta being in one of the largest counties in one of the largest cities in um georgia they have they have since Andrew Young was mayor they have at they're right at the opportunity to basically put a true democratic experiment in place if you say you're for all the people what can you do to help all the people of Cobb County in Atlanta what are y'all going to do Instead of just giving it lip service, what are the changes that are going to be brought wrought to basically bring it back to the jewel of the South that it once was? You got the industry. The money is still there, but there's a big segment of the population that still needs help. I'm all for supporting anybody that is striving, but I'm also but there are some people that if given the chance, they can be added to that role. What are we doing to increase the middle class or the upper middle class instead of taxing them out and raising their neighborhoods? What are we doing to bring the rep, the another majority up as a part of a generation that are striving? I think my day trip to Atlanta basically just was or became it's going to become a topic uh, of reflection go, going forth that we got to we got to respect and also support local businesses also looking for shimmers of hope and making sure that we make su suggest adjustments in our society to truly be more inclusive and to help instead of just giving it lift service what can we do to basically make it a reality instead of just a pipe dream. So in essence, I'm glad I actually had to re-record this because I think my other recording was a little bit messier, but this is the call of action that I think is necessary. What can we do for inclusion and to make society truly an inclusive society?
So that's how we're going to end this episode. And I'm going to end it with a a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself. I'll be kind to others. It's very simple, and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others, and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for notes on this podcast as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code Tenfro Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes, respectively, to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolly messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.